Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm your host. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Chalice. He is a nutrition coach, a physiotherapist, and a natural bodybuilder. Welcome to the show, Mike. I'm happy to have um, you on. Hi, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. Um, I know that you are a coach for Revive Stronger, and I've um, just had Steve on not too long ago. Um, but I think you will bring a, a different perspective to today's converse- conversation uh, in many aspects, not just because you're also a physiotherapist, but also because you have just... Um, concluded your your own uh, competing season and I'm very excited to to hear more about it and to talk about your off season what that's going to look like how you plan to add more muscle in the coming months or maybe even years um and yeah the first thing I would like to hear from you though is just generally a little bit of an intro who you are how you got into competing and coaching um and what brought you here today yeah, great. Well, thank you once again, Lisa. Um, I've really enjoyed your podcast and I just feel really privileged to be on. So thank you once again. Um, but so I guess my background and is that so my I guess professionally, my background is as a physiotherapist. Um, and I might go back to the beginning if that's OK. And if you want me to speed up, then just let me know. But um, it kind of all meshes together as as life does. But um, so when I was kind of at school, I um, I didn't really have much direction in terms of where I wanted to go. And uh, and kind of like a lot of children, kind of when I was kind of um, sort of in my teens, I kind of had a lot of low self-esteem. Um, very very low confidence um, and I wasn't a very sporty kid growing up either so it kind of compounded each other but when I um, I was really fortunate where my school actually had a, a small weight room and I started going every kind of you know uh, every week and being consistent and kind of I started to notice changes and it really improved my confidence massively And so I started to go to the gym more and I started to see positive progress. And it was really empowering for me, not being a sporty person to feel fitter, to feel better. And so I really started to get into bodybuilding, you know, inspired by Arnold Schwarzenegger and was really getting heavily into the bodybuilding space. Um, But around that time, you know, I had to decide, you know, what I wanted to do as a career. And I, I didn't really know. And so I was speaking to my mum and she said, well, what do you enjoy? And and I said, well, I love to exercise. And I thought, well, why don't I be a personal trainer? And she was like, oh, okay, you know, that's nice. But what about something that's more accredited? So, you know, it's like a recognized profession. So if you could, so if you went anywhere, you know, you'd have a recognized profession, which you could lean on. I was like, okay. And she said, well, what about physio? physiotherapy because that's that's something that's very similar and I kind of I did some work experience at a few places and it it kind of I thought oh this is actually quite interesting and the great thing about it was that it really gave me direction and focus because I didn't have to um because I wasn't I wasn't predicted very good grades at all 
And it really got me to work hard. And I really believe that the kind of the discipline and the structure that 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 going to the gym and, you know, strength training did really gave me um, an, an advantage when it came to studying. And so kind of I really felt that helped me. And so and I managed to get the grades and I got into university to study physio. And I just kind of the more I learned, the more I really enjoyed it. And so so I became a physiotherapist and you know that was going okay that was going well and I was going through it through that and um and I kind of dabbled in a lot of different things from a weight training perspective so initially very passionate about bodybuilding when I was younger and I competed in a in one competition in 2014 but then the gym that I went to around that time was very powerlifting focused it had a very big powerlifting community so for a few years I then got into powerlifting for a long time so I did that. And then I also did a bit of strongman and a bit of CrossFit as well. But then around 2018, I kind of I kind of lost my way a little bit. I didn't know what I wanted to focus on, what was happening. And I got I just ended up I was doing actually a lot of running at the time as well. And but then I kind of it was just a light bulb moment, I guess, really, where I was like, do you know what? I really want to put my focus back into bodybuilding because that was just always a bit of a, an anchor for me. And so kind of started in, you know, doing more, I started getting more into bodybuilding and I was like, my focus now is to, to get back into that. And that was going well. And then again, I'd never had a coach before at all. And again, I was talking to someone else and it just, I was, I'm always the type of person that when it comes with other people, I'm fine. I'm very objective. I'm very good at providing plan and structure when it comes to me, I can get very emotional and I can overthink things and get paralysis by analysis. And that's always been my biggest barrier and my biggest kind of hindrance almost. And it was just, again, a bit of a light bulb moment when I was talking to someone that I just thought, why am I spinning my wheels just, you know, struggling on my own when, you know, I could get a coach who can just help me progress further and better. And, and again, around that same time, I was listening to Revive Stronger and I could relate so much to Steve Hall and just the type of person that he was. I felt we were really similar. And just the fact that he was so evidence-based and the way that he communicated just made me feel so reassured. So I kind of, so I reached out and I started and I became a client of Steve Hall. Um, but then, and this is where we get full circle. And I'm sorry I'm talking so much. Um, but um, I... I really wanted to find a way to combine my passion, which was bodybuilding and which is people being healthy and stronger and fitter. And I wanted to somehow see if I could combine my passion with my skill set, which was kind of more physiotherapy at the time. So again, I reached out to Steve and, and Pascal and I just said, look, if there's any way that I can help you guys in any way, please just let me know, you know, this is my skill set. Um, if you feel that there's a need for it, then please know I'm here if you need me. And and again, it just seemed to be the right time. So again, I came on board with Revive Stronger as kind of their consultant physio. And and then and again, around that time, I was helping some friends of mine who, again, they were females and they were really kind of struggling. They both had children and they were struggling to kind of get back into kind of being healthier and getting back into exercise and training 
and I really wanted to help them. So I just did some basic programming and coaching for them. And I was, and they really, they kind of, they found it really helpful and they really liked it. And I was like, do you know what? I really enjoy this. I really, really enjoy this. And this is probably something more that I want to go into. And so I, me, Pascal and Steve, we had a trip out to uh, Vienna last year. And I said to them, look, I, I would really love to get into the coaching space. You know, what do I need to do? You know, and we had a big chat, we sat down. And so kind of last year I came on board as a, as a coach. So, and this is where kind of it's brought us today. So where kind of, again, I've had my first competitive season as a natural bodybuilder and I now split my time between being a physiotherapist, which is mainly in a clinic and also now being an online coach and hoping to work towards kind of um, flipping the script a little bit in terms of being a bit more in the online space. Awesome. Thank you for giving us um, a little bit of an insight into your background story. And I have several points. So firstly, in terms of Vienna, did you go to Das Gym by any we chance? We sure did. Oh, so much. I'm so jealous. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm so I'm from the south of Germany, um, so technically not too far from the Austrian border, but still to Vienna, it's at least five, six hours sort of thing, which I, I guess in American distances, that's nothing. Um, yeah. But for Europeans, you don't just drive that casually, I guess. Uh, um, so it's absolutely on my bucket list to go to Des Gym. I, to anyone listening, this is like just google it or go on instagram it's a huge facility and not just in terms of training space but also they have like a library is a, a restaurant with they only do like macro provided meals or you love whatever i think you can even sleep there is that is there like a, a hotel or like anyway it's it's cool it's on my on my to see list <laughs> oh definitely and you would absolutely love the restaurant so they've actually got two restaurants Oh, okay. so, they've, so they've got like a kind of a bar area cafe place in the actual gym itself right but then probably about a two to three minute walk away they've got another kind of restaurant which is linked to it and that is just it's incredible you'd absolutely love it it's so okay. good I will, I will make have to make sure that next summer when i'm back in europe i'll i'll make sure to go there um the second thing uh was that uh, we seem to have like a somewhat similar background when it comes to uh, training um because i too have come from a more crossfit um sort of strength training space and only just recently more of a hypertrophy focus and um, I have never stepped on stage or anything like that so I'm even more excited to hear about your um your experience with that um and the first thing and I didn't actually mention this to you beforehand but um the first thing I would like to know is uh, from what I can see on on your stories etc you're also very much in um into stoic philosophy and self-development and I'm curious um as to how far you believe that that has helped you um in the preparation for your competition or even just in general embracing hard times like when you're in a really steep deficit and you know you might have your days where you're like oh, I don't want to do this anymore why why am I dieting or I have no energy in the gym etc do you think there is an overlap was that helpful at all oh hugely and I think I also say like I 
it's not just kind of like stoic philosophy it's like it's everything and do you know what I find incredible I don't know if you found this but in so many different philosophies or religions some of the themes and the lessons and the takeaways they're very overlapping in terms of the messages that they're trying to convey and I often think you know I might be listening to you know I might read a a stoic passage or a quote and then I might be reading something from a totally different, it might be more Chinese kind of, you know, philosophy or something, but the message is the same. And it's just incredible about how there's a lot of overlapping themes. Yeah, I love um, that actually, yes. And um, so it's kind of like the combination of of everything, which I think, you know, I've just been very fortunate enough to have had exposure to. And I think that that has, I think that that helped me massively. And actually, I think probably the one thing that, helped me the most in, in fact a couple of things actually I think firstly really knowing and appreciating that everything comes and goes and that nothing is permanent and knowing that actually like whatever I'm feeling right now is going to pass and and that's both in terms of you know how you know how I'm feeling if that's not great but also how I'm looking and you know how I'm looking and doing also and I think it's just, you know, for me, I was just really trying to embrace that as much as possible. Um, it, it is it is really hard because, again, sometimes when when you're in a deficit and you um, and your energy levels, you have no, you know, your energy levels are so low and you don't have the emotional capacity sometimes to be as empathetic or logically you can think about it. But you just don't, you know, that drive, that emotional kind of lack of energy is just so hard to overcome sometimes. But that was that's definitely helped me so much. And the other thing that actually has really helped me, which I kind of was reflecting on a lot, is and maybe some people can relate to this if they've gone through it, is that when you're going through a, when you're kind of striving towards a challenge, you kind of have, you know, this dark side of you, which is that kind of like, you know, grind mentality that, you know, can't be beaten, won't be beaten, you know, grind, 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 work, 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 you know, I won't be outworked kind of thing. And, but then for me, it, there's that gratitude and appreciation and there's that more positive side of things. And actually the thing that probably helped me the most every day was continually trying to lean on that gratitude and appreciation and being like, do you know what? I love going to the gym. I love training. I love bodybuilding. Like for me, I love the beauty and the aestheticism and the art of, of the body, what people can look like you know, looking at my role models, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, those sorts of people, and just really appreciating it and appreciating the opportunity that I have, how lucky I am to be where I am and to do the things that I'm doing. And that more than anything, you know, for this current kind of season for me has, was what kept me going. Um, and I think I was probably lucky in other respects, you know, of course I had to get down to kind of low calories and things but probably not as severe as maybe other people might have to have done and certainly you know other people have tougher jobs than me and I think also having that kind of um sort of perspective as well I think has has really helped so I think yeah does that answer your question 100% and I, I do just want to underline that for the listeners as well that number one the the gratitude aspect I think um Yes, of course, from a primal instinct or even just from a physiological instinct, when we're hungry, our 
body senses the signal of like this sucks go and look for food and you should be eating but then reframing that not just into okay what I'm doing is actually working but also into hey not even though I'm hungry right now I know in like two hours I have my next meal coming up it's sitting right there and there in my fridge and then when you're eating it actually like eating it maybe more mindful as opposed to just what you perhaps are inclined to do just like shoveling it all in and instead making sure you're like pausing you're actually eating it undistracted you're eating enjoying and appreciating every bite and and I think that appreciation we often we take things for granted I was I wasn't planning on telling this story but um I um I went to the the coast here uh over the weekend I I mentioned that off air um and on my before I flew back I went to this restaurant it was like a very local restaurant um where where the locals ate you you get a huge plate for like three dollars whatever um anyway so I sat down there and I had been to this restaurant before and had had a lovely meal but the second time I went there it was a soup like a beef kind of soup and uh, it was super salty it had like two two pieces of beef in it um and on the side they always serve rice here and they serve you know uh, avocado and whatever but I had two bites of it and I just I didn't like it so I was like I'm gonna get up and uh and and pay and and just eat something different so I paid and as I stood up two kids um approached the table and kids I mean they were like 18 but from what they were wearing I could tell that they usually ate out of the garbage so anyway uh, as I was paying they looked at me and they said oh miss do you mind if if we we eat this if we finish your meal and I looked at the owner or the guy that I just paid and I said oh if it's okay with you um they can have my food they can either you know take it away or if you don't mind they can even sit down at the table and he was like okay I'll make an exception they can sit down and eat the meal and as they started eating my food and I went away they were like they started crying so I was like oh my gosh I I felt at first I felt bad because a meal that I regarded as not good enough or I don't enjoy it it was probably the first meal for them uh, in I don't know how long or proper meal and so um long story short I think like gratitude for the food that we have is so we don't talk about that enough and we just take it we, we take it for granted most of the time that we can eat and so in a diet I so often hear like oh but I want to eat this but I can't eat that and blah, 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 blah. but can I have more of this and you're like just be happy that you can still lose weight and um you know you, you you can still have a slice of pizza every now and then and you can still like with flexible dieting or macros or whatever we nowadays know how to lose weight um <laughs> while not yeah. having to be super strict so anyway i went off on a bit yeah. of a tangent but i think you touched Dang. on a really really good point in terms of gratitude and just appreciating your journey appreciating what your body actually is capable of doing throughout these um harder times or or things that we um, ask our body to do and so that brings me to your just recent competition which i think was this saturday your last one or sunday yeah so it was last sunday oh exciting yeah and and i'm i'm of course uh, first of all interested in hearing about the highlights like your you said it was your was that your first um time stepping on stage or this season anyway yeah, so this season, so I competed once in 2014, um, but it was very much like, I kind of, I don't kind of see that as kind of part of it because I, 
you know, I was it, my perspective and my viewpoint was so different. I didn't really know what I was doing at all. And it was just something so on a whim kind of thing that I did that it kind of wasn't the same. Whereas this was my first kind of um, full season almost kind of thing. Super um, cool. So yeah, if you if you want to share, um, I guess, some of the highlights and main takeaways for you um, from it. And then also secondly, kind of going into what your plan is now for the foreseeable future. And I guess in terms of reverse dieting or recovery dieting, whichever one, um, mm. and, and just the, the coming maintenance or um, growth phase, what your approach is going yeah. to be. So I was kind of, I think one of the things that I was very conscious of um, was that kind of, I didn't want to be too outcome focused on kind of the season, not only because it was my first season, but also bodybuilding is a very subjective sport and everywhere is doing a lot better now in terms of trying to make it a little bit more objective, but the ultimately it's always going to be a subjective sport, you know, in terms of, you know, how people are viewing the physique and how they're analyzing it. It's not like, you know, a powerlifting or weightlifting competition or a race where, you know, you either you get it or you don't kind of thing. It's it's a very subjective thing. And so I didn't want to I really wanted to come in there with a really kind of healthy mindset approach. And also, again, people, I think, can really attach their identity and their worth to kind of an outcome. And I kind of really wanted to try to avoid that and minimize that as best as possible. And of course, you know, you want to do well, but I really want to try and minimize that. So my intentions going into the season were one to learn and really kind of get as much as I could from the experience, not only to learn about myself to do better next time and to become a better bodybuilder, but also to help others, you know, as a coach, you know, I'd love to be able to help everybody and learning about actually what does it feel like to, to diet on low calories? And, you know, what does it feel like to, to go through some of those struggles? What does it feel like to actually, you know, be a little bit more mindful, you know, because you've only got a certain amount that you can eat. And so I really wanted to use this opportunity to help others, both competitors, aspiring athletes, but also gen people with uh, general health goals as well. And so obviously one of my intentions was to just do my best and bring the best look that Mike could bring with my current kind of um, sort of experience and exposure. And then also just to meet new people, because that's definitely one of, if, if anyone's ever thinking about competing, one of the biggest things or kind of, yeah, one of the biggest things that's really enjoyable is you meet like-minded people. And it's kind of the same in any kind of sport or, or thing that you do. Just when you meet people who've got the same passion as you and they're excited and, and everything like that, it's just so cool. Um, so like it was just to meet and meet new friend, meet new friends and connections. Um, and yeah, and just to kind of, and have that. So those were kind of like my primary intentions and the season that I had, and also just getting experience. And so because I was quite set on getting a lot of experience, um, of, cause I didn't want to, when it came to some of the shows that I was kind of more uh, sort of keen in competing in I didn't want to be overcome by nerves too much so I thought right I'd really like to get just you know dive in get as much experience as I can so that it's not too overwhelming when I step on the bigger stages and the competitions which I'm much more interested in competing in so 
So the season was quite unique. I actually ended up doing five competitions back to back, which is which is quite a lot. Um, and then there was just maybe like a week's break. And then I had kind of the final one last weekend. And Steve knew that it was a lot and kind of I knew it was a lot. And and I think that leads on to kind of one of the lessons, which was I in some ways it was a bit weird because probably I was most successful and looked the best right at the beginning of my season. And then as time went by, my the results probably weren't as good and probably my look wasn't as good. And that was for a number of things. I mean, firstly, the competitions got bigger and bigger as time went by. Um, but also the major lesson was just probably doing that many shows in such quick succession, my body just wasn't able to recover. Just the accumulative fatigue of not only dieting, but also training constantly, also my skin. So, you know, obviously in bodybuilding, you have to get a bit of a spray tan and get tanned and shave and stuff like that. And and as, mu as much as I was trying to look after and take care of my skin as much as possible, it just, it wasn't responding. And my skin was, you know, really kind of, you know, showing signs of kind of fatigue and dryness and so on. So I think that was kind of a lesson for me in particular in terms of, you know, it's great to get experience, but I think doing that, doing so many in quick succession is probably not ideal for, for any kind of competitor. Um, I think it's just that accumulation of fatigue is in, in incredible. Yeah. It, it can make a big difference. Um, and so, and one of the other things is that even though kind of I was dieting, you know, we want to try and hold on to performance in the gym as much as possible. And cause that's going to help to maintain muscle mass. And one of the things that, um, that happened was that as we were trying to dig deeper and get a little bit leaner, my performance really plummeted. And it was really interesting because, and I, and this was my kind of lesson that we reflected on both me and Steve together is I didn't communicate that initially. And that was, I think that was a combination of things. It wasn't for me not wanting to communicate it, but it was more that because it was my first season, I wasn't sure what to expect. And I thought, okay, you know, this is, this is natural. This is probably normal. I probably don't need to kind of report it, but also, and this, and Steve mentioned this, that, that kind of stoic philosophy of actually just embracing or or taking on the pain and not kind of making a fuss about it you know did that actually hinder my ability to kind of communicate it and could it have been prevented and that was something which was an interesting point um but then also another thing which is again something that I reflected on is that I'm the type of person that doesn't like to be a burden on others so I I sometimes always struggle to kind of say oh you know I'm finding things really hard you know, that's not this, you know, I don't kind of like to say that because I don't like to be kind of the negative Nelly in the room. So, you know, I think all of those factors combined meant that kind of training started to drop off and that kind of affected, you know, other things in terms of how I looked and probably, you know, other things related to how we prepped and stuff. So, but anyway, that was a massive tangent, but that was just kind of one of the lessons that kind of I learned. And I, that I would kind of communicate to other people is that, you know, firstly, you know, if you are thinking of competing, probably, you know, doing lots of shows can be good, but maybe just don't make them as many back to back. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, you know, train maintaining your training performance is really important, you know, and that and communication, communication with your coach is just so important. And, you know, just having that 
open dialogue is just you know I can't emphasize that enough and just don't feel that kind of if you're a client don't feel that you're being a burden you know like you said in your last recent ep- episode a while ago you know details 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 just mm-hmm. like you can't over communicate with this sort of thing I um, honestly yeah, I honestly think that that is such a good uh, takeaway not just for you personally but like for anyone listening and and I have to um, put myself in the same bucket because uh, I too um, often think like oh I don't I don't want to worry or it's not worth me communicating this small detail with with my coach or with you know whatever I don't want to burden them but it just like sometimes it even just helps voicing certain things and at times it might be that your coach is like oh that's okay or as you said like confirming that's normal um we just don't want 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 to make sure it's not going a lot further this and that way and i think in a in a quote-unquote normal or gen pop dieting phase um i often find that people don't talk about let's say their digest digestion it might be getting worse or their libido or their like whatever it is because they're of course especially at first if it's a new relationship with your coach and client you might not feel comfortable talking about those kinds of things um but exactly those things are also important to communicate if you haven't been able to go to the toilet in in two days or um you you literally don't even want to touch your partner or whatever like it's just those are things that matter and even if it's smaller things or um i i i really as um as you just said i and i really meant that i I think more communication, especially in the first few weeks uh, of coaching, as you're getting to know your client and your coach, the more the better. Like I'd rather hear from my clients three times per week, four times per week, whatever, than them missing a check-in and I have to chase them up. And then I hear from them two weeks later and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, this and that happened. And I, 10 days ago, I was struggling with constipation. Like, well, cool now I can't do anything about that anymore it's 10 days ago so you know why didn't you tell me (laughs) that's what I'm here for sort of thing um yeah so I think I I really want to highlight that communication piece and I mean we all live and learn uh, as you say like even you as as a coach you have learned from that um so going forward now into your quote-unquote off-season or still really being very much in your um, reverse diet, recovery diet, etc. What's going to be the approach there? And maybe also just highlighting for the listeners why this this part of the process is actually so important and actually often really tricky because I can imagine hunger is going up and and like, yeah, maybe going into some of the aspects of a reverse diet that would be cool. Yeah. And this is something that I was really quite keen to talk about because I think it's something which is actually really hard psychologically for competitors or for, for anybody who's had a challenge that has occupied a big part of their life. It could be even if they've just, you know, they've been, you know, trying to lose weight for a long period of time and they've suddenly reached their goal. And then you kind of reach that mountaintop and then it's like, oh, what do I do now? Kind of thing. And it's that kind of, and in the Olympics, they talk about um, something called the post-Olympic blues, where the athletes have competed in the Olympics. And then all of a sudden they feel empty and hollow because they haven't got a goal anymore. And they feel like, you know, it's kind of almost part of their identity is gone. Mm-hmm. And it's managing that. I don't want to say like a life transition, but it is a, it is a quite a considerable transition. And um, so 
I think for me, um, fortunately, I think it hasn't affected me negatively too bad because I've done a couple of these things and I'll kind of weave my way, weave my way through this. And if you want to, you know, direct me a little bit more, just let me know. But I think one of the first, I knew that, um, with the recent competition that happened last weekend, which was the WNBF Supernaturals, there was the possibility that if I did well, I could have been invited to the Worlds. Um, but kind of, I didn't, I obviously didn't place well enough to do that, which is absolutely cool. But then, so that meant that for me, there wasn't really anything more to gain from the season. You know, we'd learned as much as we could and kind of, I knew that kind of my body was really fatigued and really tired and I wouldn't have looked any better. And, and again, there wasn't anything to learn any, there wasn't anything more we could have learned or gained from doing more shows. Mm -hmm. So we both knew that actually, okay, well, last weekend, that's going to be the last competition. And, and again, there was just, I had such a flood of emotions, both in terms of, you know, from the competition, but then also, you know, what next? And actually the one thing that I did was um, I just, when I was driving home, I just, I just sat in my car in silence and coming back to your mindfulness. And it was just to really process the thoughts because it was just literally like a, a whirlpool of, of thoughts. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to sit here. Cause it's tempt, it's tempting sometimes, you know, you want to put on, you're going to put on some emotional music or put on a podcast and just blank out kind of, everything that's going on but I was like nope I'm just gonna do you know what I'm just gonna sit here and I'm just gonna let these thoughts kind of whirl around and do you know and I got home and I kind of was unpacking and I just kind of took the time to kind of let those thoughts go and do you know what by by the time I sat down to kind of have dinner or to go to bed I felt so much better mm. and I just felt clearer I just felt like I'd had time for everything to settle a little bit more and so like one of my first kind of tips and thoughts for people is that, you know, just take time to process your emotions. And it's kind of like a grieving process. Sometimes for some people, it might be just a few hours, but for other people, it might be, it might take a few days or a week. And you're still going to have moments where, you know, um, you know, sad or unhelpful feelings are going to come up. But then it's just important to know that again, it's like they're going to be there, but they're also going to go as well. And I think it's really important that you recognize that someone recognizes that and don't blank it out. Like don't suddenly put on some music to distract you or anything like that. Just literally sit in it. It's horrible, but sit in it and you'll feel better a lot quicker. And so like, that is probably like my number one tip initially for people to do. Um, and then kind of, so that kind of happened on kind of Sunday evening, Monday, and then the next thing that I did was I spoke to Steve or no, actually. So after I did that, I was just journaling. So I spent Monday morning journaling, really trying to reflect as much as I could. And then I spoke to Steve and we kind of had a chat and we kind of decompressed things and we talked about it. And from there, we made a plan and kind of we made a plan both in terms of I had kind of my goals and intentions for what I wanted to work on in the off season and also for the next competitive season. And I've got long-term ambitions and visions for what I'd love to achieve. But we kind of sat down and we talked through that. We talked about our reflections and our lessons. And then we kind of, and then we made a bit of a training program. And so kind of, again, the takeaways that I'd give to other people is that 
once you've processed, once you're processing your emotions, also seek out social support. Um, and that could be, that could be from friends and family, but it could also be from, you know, people who are a little bit more outside that who've got like a third party objective. So that could be like a coach, or that could be just someone who's been through the same situation as you, and they can just listen to you. And they can guide you through the process. They can maybe challenge, you know, a few thoughts that maybe are a bit irrational or a bit emotional, or they can just guide you. Um, so I'd say like process your emotions, really seek out that support as well. Um, and then speak to your coach, really have that debrief opportunity to then, you know, make some goals because that's the other thing. Goal setting is key. You know, you've reached this massive, you've achieved this massive, massive goal. And now I think, having that opportunity to make new goals, you know, that fills you with a sense of purpose again, a sense of identity and a sense of mission and some excitement that will help drive you forwards. So like that goal setting with, with your coach, I think is just so important. Um, so that's kind of what we've done. And then it's just, once you've got that plan, it's then also particularly for bodybuilders and for physique type athletes or someone who's got more of a physique goal, it's then actually trying to switch the focus because for so long you're so focused on how you look and how your physique is and actually, okay, well now I need to switch to a more performance mindset. So how am I performing in the gym? And do you know what, actually I felt rubbish. I've, you know, I haven't felt rubbish, but you know, in your body, you know, you've had low energy and you've not been able to, to do certain things because you just haven't had the energy to do that. But hey, now I get to be healthy. I get to be strong. I get to have energy. I get to be strong in the gym. I'm going to grow some muscle. And it's really just actually having that shift. So having that shift from, oh, you know, can I see my abs to actually, no, I just want to feel strong and healthy and awesome again. And I think if people can then take that kind of like shift or make that shift again, it's just, it's so helpful. I think that is absolutely awesome. You have uh, mentioned several good things that I think are more applicable to general population dieting than people might think. And um, so that, that sort of reaching the goal and then falling into a hole, I think that that is really common maybe not in that extreme but it's sort of like you lose direction right you before up until then you might have a specific weight or you might just like whatever um it is and then you you reach that you put in all your efforts and the worst thing then would simply to be like in, in terms of normal coaching would just be to say uh i don't have a plan now like i'm going back to my old ways of eating or or i'm going to stay at low calories or whatever those would be the the worst things and that's why reverse dieting is so important so that you can actually successfully either maintain the results of of your weight loss or um you know go into a building phase or whatever and i think as a general population also as we know from the research people are quote unquote really good at dieting they're super good to like starting a diet and losing weight and whatever what we're really bad at is maintaining that weight or even like practicing taking care of our body and you're saying exactly that so we can why why are we so good at setting specific um scale goals and, and then not so good at following that up and being like okay now that I'm here at this weight what can I focus on now? As you were saying, exactly, like maybe you set some goals in the gym. Maybe you set some some different kind of goals where you're like, okay, how can I 
maintain that. But now I want to start being a little bit more social again and still maintain it. How can I practice eating out? How can I practice um, uh, or, or look into or improve my hormonal profile now? How can, can I, what, what else is going well now that I have more food? Uh, maybe I'm sleeping better. Maybe uh, now is the time that I can focus more on um, school and education or whatever, but while maintaining a good look that I'm happy with. So that is still like maintenance is more of a practice and a goal than people realize. I think it's probably the 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 quote unquote goal that people are probably least successful with. And um, because again, we're good at gaining weight. We're certainly we're also good at, at losing weight as a population in general. Um, but what we're not good at is 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 really maintaining um certain results. And I think the two strategies that you mentioned there are so helpful in the sense of just pausing and again maybe appreciating and reflecting um and communicating that and it doesn't have to be with a coach but even just you know most people are also not that great at sitting down on their own and and, and journaling writing out and taking goals and having an an outside view from your spouse or other people that know you very well is sometimes tricky because they might not push you to becoming an even better version of yourself because it's, it's tricky to say like, um, Hey, I love you the way that you are, but you can be even better. <laughs> you know, we, we often don't have the good, a good way of communicating that in the right way. You might take offense of that or, or whatever. So it is helpful to have a coach. Um, and uh, I, I liked what you said, or I can relate very much to what you said in the sense of needing silence and as a lot of the listeners will know I'm someone I need a lot of silence a lot of solitude more than most people probably and um, but I think a lot of people don't even think that they need any and I think everyone needs some silence and some solitude in order to even just gather their thoughts and when I was back in Europe over the summer, I was staying with family and as much as I love them it was a lot um more people around me than I'm used to and then that that I like most of the time uh, so sometimes I literally I, I thought to myself and I said that to my mentor I, I can't hear myself think I'm still trying to do my meditation but 20 minutes in the evening and my 30 minute walks in the morning it's not enough I need more I, I can't hear myself think I can't collect my thoughts it was a it was a very strange experience for me in that sense because I'm usually when I'm when I live alone, I, I have I, I can take much more of the time to to think of if I just have my meals in silence, if I just whatever, like I just take the time. So I do want to encourage anyone, even if they have family, even if they think like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm an extroverted person. I don't like I, I, I gather my thoughts more by talking or by by talking to others. Yeah, that might be the case, but you're still going to benefit even from even just 10, 20 minutes um, every now and then, like you said, st uh, driving somewhere in silence or uh, standing in line somewhere without touching your phone and just being in that moment. So um, really, really some cool uh, reflections there and takeaways there, I think. And now when it comes to the specifics of your um, your continued like your your gaining phase now or um, maintenance phase um if i you mentioned your calories were not super low but people always um like to hear hear numbers so you i assume you've already made your first jump in terms of calories back up and then um like how quickly do you 
plan to reverse? Um, is it a bit more of an aggressive approach in the sense of, you know, you want to, or you need to put a bit more body fat back on um, and, and like walk us through a little bit more of the nutritional aspect of the reverse, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give some numbers. So um, just for context, so um, I'm quite a short guy, actually. So I'm about five foot six or 168 centimeters. And I probably the lowest that I ever weighed um, was 62 kilos. Um, and I would probably and again, the lowest amount of calories was probably around the 1300 1300. Um, and that was at kind of at the lowest point. And but what we kind of me and Steve discovered was that because I, I was, my body was so fatigued and I was looking incredibly flat, the muscles weren't really responding very well. We actually kind of started to reverse diet leading into the last show. So we crept the calories up incrementally. So we kind of first went up to kind of 1900, 2000. So for me, that's still a deficit and my body still wasn't really responding. I actually dropped weight um, because kind of my body was very stressed and obviously like as it was getting more food, it suddenly dropped all that stress and my weight kind of just it, probably the fluid and a lot of water weight and other things probably all kind of culminated in that. And so and then we just kept creeping up calories to the point where kind of again, I was probably eating around 3000 calories leading up to the show. Um, and then kind of as of Monday, I'm kind of eating between sort of 3300 to 3500 calories. And we're just going to see what my weight does. So at the around kind of the weekend, I was probably around 140 pounds or about kind of 63 kilos. And what we're hoping to do is over the next kind of five to six weeks, add about five kilos um, onto that or kind of roughly 10 pounds. So that hopefully by kind of December time, I'm around 150 pounds or 155 pounds even if it's a little bit above that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, at the moment, it's just all about getting the body healthy again, just giving it kind of the food and getting the hormones back right and everything like that. So those are kind of like our rough targets, which we're going to aim for. Um, and then and then from there, it's just all about, okay, finding out after that point, then kind of going into some massing or muscle gaining phases which because I'll still be very lean at that point. Um, again, I would probably say in terms of where my body tends to sit, it probably tends to sit at around kind of like, I probably feel and look my best, like around the low 70s, 70 kilo kind of mark. So between like 70, 75. Um, and then kind of like, as I go above or below that, that's when my body kind of probably starts to, kind of maybe get towards the fringes of maybe not being at its best both in terms of health and performance um so um so yeah so kind of like after once we get to kind of november december time it would just all, be all about getting into that muscle gaining phase slowly gaining muscle i'll probably be able to do quite a few gaining phases and be in a surplus for quite a long period of time just because of how lean i am at the moment and then, and then going from there, really. So hopefully, you know, that will be a few months. That will probably take me to the middle of next year, maybe. Um, and then it will just be about staying in a good place. Um, I'm planning to take at least probably a three-year off-season. Um, because again, because I am a natural bodybuilder, um, you know, it takes so long. And also, I'm quite, um, 
and I don't mean this in an egotistical way, but just the sheer amount of time that I've been training with weights, you know, it's not like I'm an absolute beginner. So it's going to take me time to put on more muscle mass. Um, so because of that reason, you know, it, I'm going to need to take a lot of time to build more muscle. And that was the one thing for me in particular um, was where I, I wasn't where I lost competitiveness. It was the muscle side of things. You know, there was a lot, I had good condition. I, I was, you know, had, I had some nice symmetry and balance was the feedback that I got, but I was just out muscled basically. Um, so for me, it's just all about trying to maintain that, that symmetry, maintain that balance, but just try and be a little bit bigger. So, and that's just going to be time. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I like that you're giving yourself time, that you're um, being patient with it. Because, I mean, a lot of uh, people, especially if you have kind of gotten a, a taste for the competing, you might say like, oh, I want to compete again next year. And mm. um, as you mentioned, training age is definitely something to be taken into consideration. Um, and I also like that it, by the sounds of it, it's going to be a, a moderate approach in the sense of gaining as opposed to thinking oh now you need to like overly bulk and you know put on a ton yeah. of mass and then just to strip it back down and end up in the same sort of place which sometimes happens if you see these people balloon out and then uh, you know come lose in, in the weight loss progress again and losing not just fat but more muscle as well so um yeah i like i like the approach and uh, i'm wondering uh, in terms of training are you going to change anything um going into the gaining slash maintenance phase or essentially keeping a similar training style training frequency um in terms also in terms of rep ranges etc um as it was before just being able to train with more intensity obviously mm. so i think for me actually nothing much is going to ch change dramatically because fortunately it's both a strength and a weakness there wasn't anything that was really lacking in my physique as such. Um, but equally that's a kind of weakness because there wasn't anything standout. It was kind of, it's a bit of a mixture. Um, <laughs> but, but in terms of training, it just means that actually I can continue with kind of what I was doing in terms of placing equal emphasis on a little bit of everything. Um, and then, you know, the good thing was that we were, like you said, we were kind of using a nice mixture of kind of, you know, the exercises that we were doing were really good and using a broad mixture of rep ranges and, really the only changes that will come will be the ones that continue in terms of if um, like the evidence-based changes and we're like, okay, well, actually this is going to be more effective for muscle growth, of course, or the more that I learn about my body and what movements suit me, or, you know, if I suit, um, you know, a particular style a little bit more. So one of the so one of the recent things that have been discussed on the Revive Stronger podcast, but also in the evidence base generally, is how when it comes to muscle growth, you've kind of got two levers which seem most prominent um, for muscle growth. So you've got the volume lever where kind of volume has been really positive associated with muscle gain and muscle growth. But you've also got the lever, uh, the, the intensity lever as well, where that proximity to failure is also really important for muscle growth too. So it seems that depending on either the person or the situation, you know, you can kind of maybe slightly bias, maybe one or the other. And, but it's all an optimization game depending on the person. And so maybe that's something that we might play around with. I've always been someone who's been able to, you know, take a lot of volume essentially. 
Um, I've always been able to tolerate a high amount of volume in terms of the number of sets and reps, et cetera. Um, but actually, you know, I was talking with Steve and we were thinking, you know, well, what if we, because sometimes when you have so much volume that you're doing it, you know, it takes one, it takes a lot of time. So, um, so that's one side of things, but also that can become quite mentally burdensome as well when you know you've got so much to do and you know does that detract from actually putting in your full effort because you just know that you're putting in you're doing so much so potentially that's something that we may do in terms of um you know actually pulling on the intensity lever somewhat a little bit more maybe yeah that um, absolutely yeah. makes makes sense and I, I was just going to throw in there sorry to interrupt you um, i was just going to say that i think um, also being in a in a calorically advantageous a more advantageous state anyway you might almost feel like you have even more intensity to give because i feel like in a calorie deficit um and especially like if you're if the energy just doesn't feel like it's there anyway in the drive and um, intensity to give is is sometimes more difficult than adding more volume if that makes sense so yeah, totally. it, it also because like loads tend to be lighter and so it might not just not be as stressful in the cns in general so yeah i'm, I'm super interested to see and hear how it continues to go as you um have more energy availability and as you as you as you progress and tweak your training i think you put that really nicely with the with the two levers that we can pull on and it essentially um i mean i don't want to say it doesn't matter because we need a little bit of, of both both in, in either way, but we can tweak um, according to how our personal preference, how we're feeling, how we're genetically um, more predisposed. So um, really, really cool. I'm going to stay tuned for your journey, that's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I want to make sure that I honor your time and I, um, I have very much enjoyed hearing about your competitive season. And again, as I said, I think um, even general population can take more from that experience than they they might think in the sense of mindset, but also just in general of how to approach that post um post goal reaching a phase so to speak I think I, that's really the biggest thing I would like to highlight there and I just want to uh, thank you uh, I we haven't gotten through half of the okay. questions that I actually noted down because there's just so much good stuff to talk about so I'll just have to have you come back at some point and maybe throughout your gaining phase then that would be an absolute pleasure but it's been a joy having you on so thank you so much for making the time Oh, no, thank you so much, Lisa. And if I may, I just want to say to kind of your listeners out there, both general population or whoever, um, whatever their situation is, is that just see everything as a learning opportunity. We sometimes think of, you know, um, you know, it's finite, you know, if I make this mistake, it's all over or or whatever, but we are constantly learning and we're constantly getting better. And that's the one thing that, you know, I've kind of learned and I'd like people to take away is that we're always getting better and we're always learning. So whatever you get from this, you know, you know, you're, we're always constantly learning. So just, you know, if, if things aren't progressing well, or if you, if you hit a bit of a stumbling block, just know that you're always learning and you'll always be able to move forwards. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of say that. And I think that's um, a lovely takeaway. Yeah. And just, I, I really appreciate um, being on the podcast. And like I said, I think that time's gone by really quickly. We'll definitely have to talk more, maybe some more kind of um, other helpful stuff, hopefully. <laughs>
<laughs> for sure absolutely and i will make sure to link all your details in the show notes and um, mike also puts out some great content on on instagram and so i will make sure that people can look you up there and i'm um, of course revive stronger in general if they have any coaching inquiries or anything like that so thank you once again for your time no thank you lisa appreciate it thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe leave a review or share the episode on social very much appreciated you can also follow us on instagram at nutrition coaching and life or head to our website www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com where we provide more valuable content have a wonderful day now go out and work on your best self